Hello, I am Jay Goodwin, and you're listening to Pay It Forward. Mikhail is a Brooklyn-based graphic designer uh, with over 10 years professional experience. Originally from San Francisco, California, his first exposure to the arts was through community rallies and calls for justice. That early foundation informs his desire to have a sense of social awareness in his work. Thank you so much uh, for joining and taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So right off the bat, I always like to ask this. Um, so you're from San Francisco. Growing up in San Francisco, what did you want to be when you grew up? What did you think you were going to be? Well, uh, it was a, it was kind of um, an interesting, like, kind of moment and uh, community that I was raised in. Uh, it was early 80s in the heart of San Francisco, uh, what's called the Mission District. Mm. So right in the city. And it's this sort of, uh, you know, eclectic mix of artists and musicians, uh, community organizers, um, activists, and just people sort of, uh, you know, very engaged with the community yeah. living in that neighborhood. Uh, it's a big immigrant community, lots of uh, Latinos and Mexican-Americans. Um, it's very multicultural, especially back then. And uh, so I was, this is a long answer, but I'm just kind of setting the stage for you. <laughs> no, all good, all good. Uh, I grew up a lot around a lot of creative people and a lot of people who were engaged in the community. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was exposed to the arts pretty young and uh, kind of started off with music. You know, I, I uh, played drums quite a bit as a young person. Okay. So I, for a while, I thought I wanted to be a drummer. <laughs> I still I still think one day I'm going to be a drummer. Yep. Uh, and then I discovered drawing and I just, you know, I fell in love with it. I was drawing everything, um, but especially buildings and airplanes. And I thought I wanted to be um, either some kind of engineer or architect for a while. Yeah. Quickly realized I'm horrible. I'm not good enough at math to to make that a, a, a real career. And then, you know, I was, you know, this is like, as I'm getting older, right before I'm going to college, just music videos and hip hop and everything was like kind of everywhere. And uh, I became obsessed with, with that and music videos. And I thought I wanted to direct uh, and be a filmmaker. So that was sort of my, those are my early sort of like dreams yeah no i mean that's that's amazing i feel like you have such an eclectic like from an early age like you know group of passions i um back in 2017 when i was an intern at bbdo was in san francisco and definitely like spent time walking through the mission and all that kind of stuff like mm -hmm. um and me coming from columbia south carolina <laughs> it was like worlds apart like i had such culture shock that entire summer um, nice and it's also yeah. cool because I am also a drummer. Um, okay, right on. Yeah, I feel like we did, that didn't come up the, um, the first time we chatted. But yeah, like yeah. been playing drums ever since I was a kid. Like I was in a handful of bands. Um, you yeah, still play? I haven't actually played on a drum set 
since I guess 2019. Like that was Great. the last time I played live. We had a show in Columbia and then we packed up the drums and our like acoustic guitarist, he has them. <laughs> I just talked to him not too long ago. He's like, dude, I still have your drums. Like, I'll get <laughs> them at some point. <laughs> yeah, so, let me get these things they take up too much space yeah well he has like i mean his equipment room is ridiculous he's just okay he's got the space for it <laughs> like but i'm just like I, I don't like uh you know leaving them somewhere else for so long i just like even if they're just in the corner i like looking at them you know right right yeah well, that's cool yeah a fellow drummer yeah so we got that in common <laughs> yeah I, also, I didn't know you were from columbia i have family from columbia as well really yeah, See? small world, man. Small world. Yeah, well, we're technically Lexington, but uh, okay. There are some cousins that live in Columbia. Yeah, I've got. A, I actually have an aunt that lives in Lexington. So, um, yeah, small world, small world. Um, yes, so, I felt like there was something else uh, you said in there. I, I think I had a similar moment in in college where uh, I was pre med for a little while, and once that chemistry started getting a little over my head, I had a similar. <laughs> come to jesus moment like yeah maybe we should figure something else out yeah you know it's like there's a what's adjacent to yeah. this but maybe not as intense right yeah. like you know, it's, it's 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 important to recognize what you don't want to do as much mm. as what you do want to spend your time doing yeah absolutely so um i want to flash forward a little bit to now so now you are executive design director at hook um so just kind of like Talk me through briefly, like, you know, what all falls to you for your responsibilities um, and like what an sort of average day looks like for you? Well, there are no average days. Every <laughs> every day is very different, which is part of like the it's part of the joy for me. Mm. You know, I, I get I get restless or bored if it's if it's if it's all routine and all uh, predictable. Yeah. So uh, how I would talk about it, you know, I run a team of designers uh, of different skills, different backgrounds and experiences. Um, and, you know, I sort of, you know, I, I do quite a bit of mentoring uh, each designer or, or at least some of um, the kind of emerging leaders mm -hmm. um, and helping to sort of build a design community at Hook. Mm -hmm. um, I also lead client projects or internal brand initiatives. Okay. So, you know, if we get a briefing um, and it feels like the right fit, you know, I'm, I, I might lead that project. Um, similarly, you know, we have a number of projects that we start internally, whether it's promoting hook or it's um, uh, some other sort of like creative project or exercise that I would, uh, you know, I would run some of those. Uh, I know we're going to talk about this in a bit, but um, there's a mentorship, quite a bit of, mentoring that we're doing externally hmm. um and i've been um very involved in kind of spearheading that uh and that sort of is one of the um efforts that has sort of you know been instrumental in us kind of promoting hook yeah you know when i first arrived a few years ago i didn't know i hadn't heard anything about hook and most people hadn't um but it's, you know, it's pretty special place. And um, we're putting some, putting some effort into um, telling people about who we are and letting the industry know who we are and, uh, you know, 
trying to attract talent and all those things. So uh, I've been I've been playing a pretty big role in in some of that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are definitely going to talk about mentoring in a second, but you did mention sort of um, you know getting briefs. So uh, I know how my briefing sort of process works, but kind of talk me through like what the what the process is for you. What, if you're receiving a brief, maybe you're giving a brief or like, how does your, how does your briefing process look like? Well, yeah, sometimes we'll receive one from a client, you know, sometimes uh, we get quite a few inbound um, uh, kind of new business requests or clients, you know, word of mouth from uh, uh, previous relationships that we've had with brands. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're fortunate in that sense. And, you know, we might get a, a brief um, that is, you know, kind of a very specific ask, you know, we need an illustration or a series of illustrations for to promote this product or to promote this feature. And we'll put a team together and we'll sort of, you know, you know, dissect the brief and break it down and figure out like who the right resources are for that project. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll have a, you know, producer and the whole um, uh, producer will help sort of orchestrate everything and be paired up with a creative lead to to run to run that project. Uh, there's also briefs that we put together. You know, I've written a few briefs. If we identify an opportunity or a creative challenge or um, something that would be benefit the organization or the people, yeah, um, then that's uh, that's something we've been putting some energy into. So those are awesome because we don't actually have strategists at Hook. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're a lot of times doing that work ourselves, but it's, but it's very, but it's fascinating for us. And it, uh, it's like a, it's a fun challenge because, you know, it forces us to think about audiences in new ways and to think about, um, you know, what we're trying to say and 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 why we're saying it in the first place you know and uh so there's you know it's nice to not be so reactionary all the time yeah 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 what would you say um or what do you generally find to be the most useful sort of section in a brief whether it's coming from like a client or whether you're writing it yourself what do you what part really sort of gets your creative juices going would you say yeah. Uh, to me, it's like there's the history or the background of the thing. Mm. You know, like what, how, where does this sit in in some sort of timeline or some sort of, and I'm not talking about a production timeline. I'm talking about a um, how does how does this thing how did this originate? You know, how did this product come to be? Why is this brand? Why does it exist? Yeah. How did it start to begin with? Who's, you know, how did, how did they come up with this idea? Um, what were they inspired by? You know, what came before it? You know, what, what was similar, but didn't work or worked in different ways and needs to be updated. Um, that's what's always interesting to me. You know, I, I do enjoy that, that part of the research, you know, and, um, so getting any sort of like information around that stuff is uh, is helpful for the creative process. I think you know it's like it's not just about okay, here's a 
uh, here's a brand toolkit, use it and uh, make sure it, don't break it, yeah. you know? It's like, no, there's a, there's a story here and we wanna try to continue that story, but put, a, put something fresh, you know, add something fresh to it. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's like um, getting really a, just a rich context, right? And, and yeah. seeing basically, you know, how is it we've come to arrive here? And yeah, that, you know, sort of allows you to get to the point of saying, okay, here's where we can or should go. Got you. Exactly. Okay, so now um, I would love to sort of hear you talk about something I know you're very passionate about, which and you already mentioned it was mentorship and mentoring. Um, so I understand you're involved with, I think it's two different programs. Um, well, we have one program now, and uh, but within that, there's two sort of, uh, two different types of uh, kind of initiatives. Yeah. Uh, and so it's called Sandbox. And we just recently um, came up with, landed on this name and came up with an entire sort of look and feel and visual and verbal uh, expression. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause we've, we've been doing this work for a couple of years now um, and we've, we've learned a lot and we know we want to continue doing it. But, but we, we felt like we needed a name. Like sometimes it doesn't feel real unless you, yeah. you give it a name, right? And you give it like a presence. So, uh, so that was one of those examples of something where I wrote the brief and felt like this deserved, you know, its own creative team and its own process. You know, we got a producer to help run it. Uh, and we knew that there would be, you know, this would be something that uh, the creative folks would be very interested in working on. Yeah. So, um, so it's called Sandbox, but it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work being done, not just around the name and the visual expression of it, but the actual mentoring mm. and the actual relationship building. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that, because I, I and I think um, I think you mentioned uh, that it has sort of a focus on underserved communities. Yeah. Um, so you know, what does that look like? Sort of building those relationships and and um, you know some of the one on one work and, and career goals work that I know that you all do with it. Yeah. Well, we you know it's I think that it started from this place where we know that the industry is not as diverse as it needs to be. And uh, it's struggled, you know, advertising in particular has struggled to attract black and brown people. Uh, there's, there's not enough uh, women in leadership roles. And this is an industry-wide problem. It's also a hook problem. And um, it's challenging to solve this only through recruiting. Uh, in fact, it's, it's kind of a, a fool's errand to assume that you're just gonna go out and hire a specific number of black and brown people to address this issue. And we realized we needed to start earlier and we need to connect with young people uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but one of them is to 
increase the diversity of the talent pipeline. Yeah. But also to, you know, to connect and build relationships with our local communities, right? With our neighbors. Um, and so this has had a lot of impact, um, not only externally, but also internally, right? We have, we have people inside of, uh, who work at Hook who are maybe a mid-level designer, uh, maybe a, you know, a motion designer or a copywriter, and they have aspirations to become a leader. Yeah. This is really, this is an excellent opportunity for them to practice and exercise some of those skills and to kind of learn firsthand what it means to, to lead people and to, to, uh, to kind of share their experiences with other folks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What, um, what would you say have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the mentees throughout the, the program? Uh, just confidence, man. Like there's, it's hard because, you know, we're on, we're on video, video conferences and some of them may have their cameras turned off. We know they're going through a lot. Um, and, but the, you know, we've had great partners, uh, in terms of some of the faculty members that we've been working with hmm. and they've been just champions for this program and really supportive and sort of helping to make sure that the students are staying engaged and participating. And I'd say over the course of, you know, a couple of months of, you know, kind of working with these students, you'll, you know, we'll notice some of them who weren't so vocal at the beginning speak up a little bit more towards the end. Yeah. Uh, the ones who maybe had their cameras off, their cameras turn on, you know, or uh, they're a little bit more open to sharing their work, mm -hmm. you know, which takes, which takes some courage, you know, takes some, uh, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there and you know, these young folks are still working through and figuring out you know, their skill sets and all that stuff. So I, that's, that's been awesome. And we had, we even had some, you know, it's hard to tell. You're like talking to, you're talking to a group of kids who are pretty shy, pretty quiet. Are, do they even care what we're talking about? Are we, are we does any of this resonate? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, that goes through our, that goes through our thought process, but it's nice. It's encouraging to hear examples like these uh these two young ladies who started an advertising club at the okay. high school that we've been working with because they were directly inspired by some of the some of the work that we were doing yeah and that's awesome they you know nobody asked them to do that so that's uh you know that those those help kind of reinforce that some of this stuff is actually working yeah yeah absolutely and I mean, on, on the flip side of that, what have been some of the changes that maybe you've noticed in yourself or some of the other folks uh, who are acting as mentors? That this, uh, this work is cool, you know, <laughs> it's fun. It's not just, um, you know, we wanna help the community and all these sort of buzzwords, right? right. It's, it's actually rewarding. You know, sometimes it's the highlight of my week. You know, when you see that, something that you kind of take for granted, right? Like, what does it mean? New question about briefs, right? For you and I, that's sort of like secondhand nature. We've done it for so long. This is mm -hmm. kind of 
our uh, our livelihood. For young folks, they haven't seen a real brief a lot of times, right? And so talking about that um, may sound a little, you know, mundane for us, but is can be very exciting for young folks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, there's the little things like seeing someone who like gets excited to talk about their work or is appreciate appreciative when we when we give them feedback mm-hmm. um or at, if they even just asking questions right it shows that they're engaged and they care yeah you know so that, that 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 goes pretty far yeah have you personally had mentors throughout your career um and if so, how did you find them? How did that relationship come about? Like, how did that change you um, in your career, in your professional journey? Definitely, man. I that was uh, I think that was maybe what helped me, um, you know, get to this place in terms of doing mentorship work. Now, uh, I I constantly go back to a lot of the conversations that I had when I was in college um connecting with with mentors you know while i was in school and then immediately after post uh, undergrad and kind of not really knowing what comes next mm-hmm. um there is a, uh, there were a couple of teachers when i was in school who put me in touch with folks that they knew and i i some of them i worked with you know i had internships or or jobs through those relationships. Others I um, have just kept in touch with throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, and and it's pretty amazing how generous they they've been with their time, you know, and and have been willing to kind of talk through any and everything, you know, personal life, professional life, you know, job, you know, weighing this job over that job or kind of talking about projects and so yeah I mean I think it's you know that's it that's huge I I I feel like especially as a a black man in design when you sometimes feel you know like an outsider uh it's critical to have a mentor or someone who's who's been there and can kind of share their wisdom yeah 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 what um what advice would you give to junior mid-level people who are looking for a mentor? They have sort of a, a desire to have that sort of relationship. They're, you know, trying to advance maybe in their career, trying to take that next step. What advice would you tell them for how to, how to find that person and yeah. how to approach building that relationship? Speak up. I mean, that's the, that's the number one thing. Uh, close mouth, don't get fed. So talk to, you know, friends, relatives, teachers, and you'd be surprised. I mean, I think a lot of it, like I said, is just showing that you care, you know, showing, as a young person, showing that you you care and uh, are enthusiastic and hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all it takes is one person to kind of connect you with the right person. And then, you know, it's it's it sparks a whole new sort of like, uh set of relationships yeah so and then you know i think ask lots of good questions right when you do have 
access to someone who has a little bit more experience, just, you know, overwhelm them with questions. You know, don't just expect that they're going to have, they're going to know exactly what you're into or what you want to know mm-hmm. offhand. So I think that's, that's a big thing and, and be prepared to work, you know, like that's, uh, I think that'll never, that'll never go away. Just that like the importance of having a strong work ethic. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move on, was there anything I didn't ask or we left out about mentorship, the importance of it, your program sandbox, uh, anything we left out? Well, I guess the, the two programs that we do have are the two initiatives that we have. So one is working with uh, college students and the, that, that um, part of the program is more based around one-on-one relationships. So we'll have a mentee that's paired with uh, a hook employee mm-hmm. and they will sort of set their own agenda. Uh, and they'll set their own cadence for how often they talk. Okay, that's sort of left up to those individuals to kind of determine that. The other, the other program, which is a little bit more involved, is um, high school relationship relationship that we have in LA with this uh, arts academy called Hamilton High School. Okay, and they're they're awesome. Well, we work with a terrific um, teacher over there. Shout out Miss Luhan. Uh, we've been able to partner with them and develop a custom curriculum mm-hmm. alongside her that would work for her uh, for her classes, and and so these are high school students, right? Many of them still kind of figuring out what they want to do or whether or not they're even going to college, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them, you know, don't have all the resources or all the information or all the access, but they have an interest in the arts and that's all we need to get started. Yeah. And so that's been, that's been terrific. We, we, we meet every other, I think almost every other week. Uh, and we have sessions with their students and that's been ongoing and it's, and it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like, I, I don't think I had a, a notion of this industry in high school. Like Me neither. actually, I can tell you for sure I didn't because I didn't <laughs> even have a notion of it really until almost when after I graduated. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean, you know, knowing what I know now and where I ended up, you know, having having the opportunity to sort of be exposed to what probably would have felt like like an alternative kind of career. I, I just think I, I grew up in suburban Columbia and. I mean, damn near everybody I knew was, oh, you know, pre-med, pre-law. That's that's pretty much your only options. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so much more, you know. Um, so I mean, it's just amazing to to be able to introduce, you know, students who are yeah. trying to figure that thing out and broaden those horizons. And you know, even if they at some point decide to go a different direction, like just just the fact that your horizons have sort of been broadened from the start, uh, right. It's incredible. It's actually incredible because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know until <laughs> so much later. And a lot of the work is exposure. Yeah. So they just a lot of young folks just don't even know it exists. And if they if they do, 
What does it look like? What types of projects are you mm-hmm. folks like you and I work on? What types of clients do we work with? And I think that's been the biggest uh, uh, kind of revelation that it's not it's not so much pushing buttons and figuring out, all right, this is how you use Photoshop. There is some of that, mm-hmm. but they can learn that on YouTube. This is more of, you know, here's how I got where I am. Uh, you can make a good living doing this. And this is the, these are the different types of projects that you could work on. There's so much variety and it's so many different possibilities. Now the choice is up to you with what you do with that information, yeah. but we're here to help kind of, you know, walk you through some examples. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, at this point in the episode, I would like to shift to talk a little bit more about you. So cool, um, normally I say, let's flash back to when you were in school and, you know, how did you know you wanted to do what you did? But we've kind of already talked about that. So I, I do want to flash back. You went to Clark Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about, so, and you earned your bachelor's in graphic design. So talk to me a little bit about um, your journey from graphic design to more communications work and that sort of thing. Like what, what, um, I mean, just talk to me, like, you know, going in to earn your graphic design degree. Um, Earlier you mentioned sort of, you know, being really drawn to like airplanes, buildings, architecture, engineering, that sort of thing. Um, When did it shift to like communications and, and creative production and that sort of thing for you? It was uh, pretty early on. I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker or a music video director. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be Hype Williams. <laughs> and uh, I went and Clark actually had a, has a really strong media department. I went, I went to the building. I spoke to uh, this gentleman and his name is uh, Herbert, Dr. Herbert Eichelberger. Uh, Shout to Dr. Eichelberger. We had a conversation. In my mind, it was like a really long conversation. It was probably like five minutes. <laughs> I told him about my dreams and what I wanted to do. And he said, hmm, okay. I think, I think you want to go talk to the art department. Hmm. It sounds like that's where you need to be. You should go up there. If, you, if it doesn't fit, come back here. We'll take you with open arms. I was a little dejected. I was like confused art department where yeah, is like, that like what? it was literally uh not on campus i had to walk <laughs> past spelman and morehouse over to the freeway to this little tiny church building that was converted into the art department okay you not uh i walked in there i fell in love and it was they had uh lithograph printing going on they had um screen printing people were putting up art and posters people were working on sculptures there was a computer room Hmm. it was mesmerizing and uh never looked back i think it i still didn't know that graphic design would become a whole career i just thought it was interesting and cool and i knew i i would love uh learning about sculpture and fine art and painting and life drawing and all these classes that I was going to have to take. So this took it one step at a time, you know, and met the, had the right teachers, 
had the right people to sort of suggest this or that or to identify things that I was showing that um, that could could lead to a career. And yeah, that was that was kind of how that was kind of how Clark went. I actually took a few classes at Spelman too, which has a has has a pretty strong fine art program. So, um, uh, fair warning, I did a little LinkedIn stalking. Um, Good. <laughs> sure, you already do that. So, throughout your career, you've been, I mean, at places from Matlock to JWT to Noise. Uh, you did some freelancing to Bloomberg to uh, now at Hook. So if you would, I would like you to sort of just talk me through your roles, sort of going through each of those places. Um, and if it comes to you, sort of one of the biggest things you remember taking away from that place to the next, um, or, you know, maybe the biggest jump you saw in your own skills or, or process. Yeah, I mean, Metlock, I was still in school and that was the first kind of I don't know if it was the very first internship, but it was the first one that felt like a real corporate job. Hmm. Um, and it was great experience. I actually met uh, one of my best friends there and some really good people working there. And I actually, it would help, it helped me sort of build my confidence, not only as a designer, but as a conceptual designer. Hmm. One of the One of the projects I worked on ended up getting produced, which was awesome. And um, I believe it won an award. Uh, and so that was huge for me, you know, being an intern, uh, but, but being in the room with creative directors, yeah. art directors and writers and coming up with ideas. Uh, so I, that, that told me, all right, I'm onto something. Let me let me keep going. Uh, I graduated. I went to New York um, and landed at JWT. Got an opportunity actually through an old professor who put me in touch with a recruiter. Gotcha. Uh, and so got brought in sort of kind of at a, as a freelancer to start. I think they just wanted to feel me out, mm -hmm. see if I could could fit. Uh, it wasn't the perfect match. Uh, they brought me in as an art director um, and they, you know, I worked on Smirnoff uh, vodka for a little bit, mm -hmm. but then what happened was, uh, was kind of a big moment for me. The freelance project ended and I was either going to go back to trying to be a bartender or you know, figure out my next move. And the design director from the design department came up to where I was sitting, came to my desk and said- At JWT? Hey, at JWT. Okay. And said, can I, can I see some of your work? You know, I hear, you know, um, you have some design chops. And he checked it out and we talked for a bit. And he was like, hey man, you know, <clears throat> you're welcome to come to the design, uh, come to the design department and and join us. You know, we have a small scrappy team, but you know, I, I think you would add some value. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <easy choice. laughs> yes, please. Sure beats bartending. Yeah. And I stayed there for uh, 
a number of years. I want to say six years. Hmm. Uh, and it was amazing. You know, it went through all different, so many different um, permutations. You know, I, my original design director, he was there for a bit. Then he left. A new design director came in. He was amazing. Uh, new people came in. And uh, it was just a ridiculously talented group of people yeah. um, from start to finish. Uh, and so that was great because I built so many relationships and I got a firsthand look at what it means to create world-class work. Yeah. Um, so I went to, uh, after JWT, I think I needed a new opportunity. I, I felt like it was, um, I could have stayed, but I wanted, I wanted more. I wanted, and I wanted more digital experience. So noise uh, came knocking as a small, very unknown, uh, independent shop. Uh, an art director who used to be at JWT had just left for noise and recommended me. And I wanted to work with him again. Um, and, uh, and so I joined him. And it was just me and him and a couple other designers. Uh, they brought me in. I was senior designer and uh, eventually design director felt like a big jump for me, but, you know, sometimes you just got to like say the hell with it. Like, let's do it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, and this place is really scrappy. Uh, I was very hands-on. I was talking with the CEO. I was, you know, in the room coming up with ideas with the creative leads. And, uh, it was just a really great experience to, to, really learn kind of the digital space, to learn how to run a team, to learn how to kind of build a design department at an upstart. Yeah. Um, freelance for a bit, bounced around um, a few different places, uh, including, um, you know, some well-known shops like Droga and Barbarian and others. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was great. You know, I had some more, had some freedom and some um, independence, which I hadn't had really ever. So I loved it. But then I also, I missed being part of a, you know, community and part of a yeah. team. Yeah. Bloomberg came around and that was a, actually a former, um, a colleague from JWT who I didn't work directly with, but I always respected him and I always looked up to him. And I, I, I always go back to, he had the coolest art books, mm. photo books. He has stacks of magazines and just like, I just loved hanging out near his desk and, and <laughs> his stuff, you know, and borrowing his shit. And, like, yeah. um, and now he wanted me to work with him at Bloomberg and I, I jumped at the opportunity. So I uh, went there um, and yeah, man, that's, uh, was that, was that comprehensive enough? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, there, there's a couple of things I just wanted to follow up with you on. Um, so you mentioned um, at Matlock sort of seeing, seeing yourself go from designer to conceptual designer. Um, talk me through what that means, because I have an idea of what you mean. I, I can't articulate it, <laughs> so it's not going to yeah. be a good explanation. But, but tell me what you mean by uh, sort of see, seeing yourself or feeling yourself go from designer to conceptual design. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not a huge thing on titles. I don't have a, I don't, I'm not big on titles, but you know, I've seen throughout my experience, this sort of tension between design and art direction. Hmm. And maybe that's because I came up through advertising and I always, you know, one of my frustrations with some of the situations I've been in is I felt like designers are sometimes put in a box where we are not allowed to come up with ideas and we're just there to execute other people's ideas. Mm. Sometimes that's fair, right? Sometimes the, um, you know, designers are not trained or don't have the tools to, uh, to come up with the ideas. But I, I've always sort of prided myself on being able to do a little bit of both. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and I enjoy that. And I like, or I, at, at least like participating in brainstorming. And so, you know, I've, there have been moments where I've kind of played both roles, others where I've sort of indexed harder on art direction or indexed harder on design. I'm always going to be a designer. I'm always going to want to get in there and open programs or draw and make things with my hands. That's never going to leave me. But also, I want to, I want to think about strategy. I want to think about the audience. I want to think about why we're doing this in the first place and what's the history of this brand and where it's come from and where it's going. So for me, you know, I, I'm interested in that. I know not every designer is, but, you know, I, for those who are, I really enjoy working with them and, and sort of teaching folks that you can be both, right? You can do both successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I think that parallels, um, things I, I mean I hear this from strategists as well it's like you know sometimes you get a really sort of tactical client brief and it's like oh you know there is no room for strategy here I literally have to just spit it out in different words so our creative team can go come up with concepts and and make the designer design right so like yeah I, I feel like I've also heard um a lot of strategists sort of agitating for lack of a better word to sort of get more upstream right so i want mm -hmm. i want to be in the, like you, you mentioned this earlier but i want to be in the room when the decisions are made like i want to yeah. i want to sort of um go from you know just focusing on output to to the throughput right that the, right. the the actual process why are we here and all that sort of stuff that you were mentioning earlier um another thing you mentioned was uh world-class work and mm -hmm. so what I wanted to ask you about this was, um, can you talk me through a little bit of your philosophy for um, what what good work is? Like, what what sort of what are the sort of earmarks of like when you like when you see it, you know it's like this. This is it. Like, yeah. What are some of the some of the earmarks of that? What are some of the um, qualities that you look for? Well, there's all these things, you know that definitely play a role right does it feel fresh or new or original does it feel like technically uh polished and uh advanced uh all those things are important and and, and cool but you know i like to i like to boil it down to something really simple is this something i'm going to be really proud to show my family 
right? Because not everything, let's be honest, not everything we do is going to be of any interest to our family members, (laughs) right? And that's all right. I mean, that's just the way it is. But when there are those projects, you're like, ooh, yeah, let me let me send this one around. Yeah, you know, right? Chances are other people are going to feel that way. Um, so, you know, yeah, there's, of course, like the execution part of it. There's the conceptual thinking that goes into it. There's the is there is there a message that is clear and can be understood? Is it relatable? Is it something that, you know, is going to get people talking? All those things, of course, play a role. But I'm, especially now, you know, I've worked on so many different types of projects. Some some good, some went horribly wrong. Uh, the ones that I am most interested in are the ones that I'm going to be proud to share with my wife, my kids, my parents, my sister, you know, folks who whose opinion are, um of course meaningful but also a lot of times they just don't care about most of the stuff we're working on (laughs) (laughs) to be honest yeah like okay you made a new website great awesome nice like cool i'm never gonna go to it great yeah exactly um the last thing i wanted to follow up with you on was uh you mentioned uh at noise going from a senior designer to a design director can you remember any big changes in how you approached your work um, or or just your, your thoughts on process as you made that jump to director? It's a shift in, pe- in focusing on people. Whereas senior designer, it's all about the work, mm. right? And it's, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I was, I mastered what, it, what being a good director or manager was out the gate. I'm sure I was, uh, I'm sure it was a bumpy road, but there's a clear line between being someone who has to be really skilled at the craft as a senior designer and someone who has to be really skilled at getting other people to be good at the craft. Yeah. And, and just being a, a sounding board for them uh, being someone who can, uh, who feels like they're a champion of design and can build a, an established, you know, a healthy design community in an organization, uh, can advocate for others on the team, um, can bring in the right mix of talent. So that's, to me, that was the big jump and the big learning curve. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that learning curve, what's been, you know, um, the most important thing you've learned um, being someone who is managing other designers to get them, you know, to wherever, wherever it is they're, they're, they're trying to go. Yeah. You know, I'm actually just uh, writing about this topic and, you know, I came I told you a little bit about, about my background, but what I didn't mention was my my mom is uh, she's retired now, but she was a teacher for a number of years, hmm. and I have a lot of teachers in my family. And without knowing this, uh, I've kind of absorbed a lot of their lessons throughout the years. Yeah, and 
I feel like I kind of have become almost a, a teacher in my own way. Um, and the things that I kind of go back to are having compassion, you know, being being able to empathize with other people and what they're going through personally, professionally. Uh, what are they, you know, what are they interested in? What are they, what are their goals? What are their strengths? What are they not so strong at? Um, being very honest about that, but also being very available for mm -hmm. them. And then, and then courage, you know, having the conviction to speak your mind, be honest and direct with people, giving them feedback that might be difficult, uh, standing up for what you believe in, um, you know, being proactive and starting, you know, a project or a program or something that is you feel to be really important. So yeah, those are, that's kind of what I've been largely focused on as yeah. of late. Yeah. Um, this is one question um, that I think you actually mentioned it earlier, but but I haven't explicitly asked you. What has been your experiment, experience? <laughs> I can't even say the question. What has been your experience navigating a career in design and you know, communications, advertising as a black man? Navigating, sorry, could you repeat that? What's been your experience um, uh, throughout your career, building your career in design as a black man? Yeah, it's, uh, well, I only, I've only lived in this skin, so I can't compare it to anything else, mm -hmm. but I, it's been a, it's been an awesome journey. It's been uncomfortable at times. There's been moments where I was the only person of color or the only black person in the room. Uh, I've felt, uh, I don't think I've, I can't recall experiencing any overt racism, but I can experience, I can recall uh, uncomfortable moments where I felt like I've had to be the voice for black people, where, you know, if Mikel agrees with it, then it must be okay. <laughs> uh, and that sucks, you know, but I've, I've also had a chip on my shoulder mm. and I know I'm, uh, I didn't come from the biggest name art school. I didn't have the best formal training. I went to a small, uh, historically black college, uh, with art department out of a little church on the side of the road. but. I kind of have this underdog mentality because yeah, absolutely. I can outwork some people, right? I can, I can figure it out. I can piece it together. I can be really scrappy. I'm going to look through as many books or more than the next person. And, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And so that's sort of been my experience. Um, everyone's is a little different, you know, but I think a lot of it is sort of just finding your way, like figuring out what's going to keep it exciting and interesting for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, before every episode, I ask all my guests these same four questions. Uh, the first is, what are you reading right now? So I'm, it's kind of a cheat answer. I'm not actually reading it, but I'm listening to Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. Hmm. 
it's a really heavy book. Uh, it's it's basically reframing America's history of racism, uh, not not actually about it is about race, but it's also about caste, mm. and that's sort of a new language that uh, I had not heard uh, heard used a lot in terms of how we discuss um, the Black experience in America. And it's a really powerful book. Uh, there's uh, so many examples of tragedy, but also resilience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty eye-opening and, and empowering, right? It's like hard to listen to, hard to digest, but also it builds, uh, it's given me some strength too, just kind of uh, appreciating all the stuff our ancestors went through. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I, uh, I'm trying to do this thing where I read a book a month. Um, so far I'm on track, but nice. Good uh, for you. I think uh, maybe a month and a half ago, I was reading this book called uh, The Color of Money. And it's like all about the racial wealth gap in America. And it traces like that <laughs> you said, hard to listen to, hard to digest. I remember just, I, I would get so, I had to put the book down. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. read more than like 10, 15 yeah. pages. I was just like, I can't, I gotta go like, <laughs> I gotta go sit outside for a second. You gotta go meditate. Yeah. You gotta go, yeah, I gotta go watch some stand up comedy real quick. Yeah, let, so let me, let me calm down. Yeah, let me uh, take this things down a notch. I should not be getting this mad at a book. Yeah, I'm um, you. What's uh what what is something that's been a challenge for you lately? Well, it's um I guess it's maybe not so much a challenge, but a an interest. Uh I'm really interested in trying to find ways to work on something creative with other people in person. Mm. Right, we're all remote now at Hook, which is great. I love it. Uh, get to see my family more. I don't have to sit in traffic. But there's a, you know, there is some magic that happens when you're in person, and it's not necessarily all the time. Uh, and maybe it's a just a small side project, right, or an art project. Yeah. But I'd love to do something like that. Um, on the flip side, what is something that you're really proud of? So. This is brag time. My kids. Yeah. Yeah, man. My two girls, nine and five years old. Uh, they're hilarious. They're like, <laughs> great sense of humor. Uh, my youngest uh, just decided she wanted to start reading, so she taught herself to read. Nice. Okay. Uh, That's a... <laughs> you should ask her what book she's reading. I know, right? <laughs> uh, my oldest, she's... Um, She's just super talented in, in so many different ways and really just warm soul. And they're, they're great. They're just, uh, they, they just give me a lot of energy. Um, so that's something I'm really proud of. Yeah, I feel like, uh, so I've got a, an eight-year-old and six-year-old little brothers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, they don't give me energy. They take it all away. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they do take energy. Too. It's like... Um, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird mixture of, you know, you're drained, but also inspired at the same time. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like it's not an even uh, energy transfer going on. No. Um, okay. Uh, last of these four questions is um, what's a, a piece of advice you would give to black design students, um, you know, junior mid-level designers uh, who listen to your episode? Well, hopefully, if you're listening, I really appreciate it, especially if you're still listening. Uh, the, what I would say, there's three things. One is establish your own voice. And, you, you know, think about that. It's actually sounds uh, obvious, but it's not in this industry, especially, right? In advertising, you would know as well as anyone that, we're, we spend we spend our days and our weeks uh, speaking in another person's voice or in a brand voice or mm -hmm. in this or that voice. But there's it, it is uh, so important to find your own as a creative person and to um, to infuse that into whatever work you do, right? Because that's that's what makes you an individual. That's what makes your work interesting. And that's what is going to keep you uh, engaged in the work. Yeah. The other thing is know your worth. Uh, so as a young person, this is really tricky and, and there are hard conversations to have. I wasn't taught this when I was in school. Hopefully young people are getting more of this information, but what should you be getting paid out of school? What should you charge for a freelance project? Yeah. What is your day rate or hourly rate? What is the, um, what can you bring to the, whatever organization you're joining or whatever uh, relationships you build? What are you, what value are you bringing beyond just your technical skills? And so that is so important and so underappreciated. And then the last one I'd say is this is something my mom, uh, I just hear my mom telling me this over and over again, go where you're appreciated. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're fresh out of school or you've been in this industry for 20 years, when you're no longer appreciated or when you feel underappreciated, it's a horrible feeling and it ain't worth it. Yeah. So there's usually some other place or some other group of people or a situation where you are appreciated and find that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I, I think I would just piggyback and say on the first one, establish your own voice. I, I have this uh, document that I started probably two years ago. It's like strategy toolkit. And it's just, I just dump, I dump stuff in there as it, you know, if I see something that sticks with me, it's just like, and I have a little section in there on like sort of finding my own POV because it's like, mm -hmm. Um, you can spend a lot of time reading all of the case studies and, and reading all the stuff and, and sort of getting the academic strategy education. But in reality, it's a lot different. And, you know, people are looking to you for your opinion, not something you could spit from a case study. Right. And so it's like that I a hundred percent, that's something I'm trying to do is sort of establish yeah. sort of like, what are my what are the tenets? I asked you this earlier, like, what's your philosophy on it? Like, I'm, I'm right. trying to establish sort of my tenets of philosophy. And with all uh, these tools, with all these tools now, right? I mean, just as a designer, there's, there's templates, there's programs, there's this or that, you know, um, 
stock illustration and soon there's going to be robots there's art artificial intelligence already in in adobe programs it's making our job easier but it's also making design more accessible for non-designers mm -hmm. so what's going to separate that from you right it's your voice it's your experiences yeah um and the last thing i would say on number two know your worth 100 percent. i um would recommend uh, to anyone trying to make sure they <laughs> find out their worth. Um, I think the Robert Half uh, Creative Salary Guide is super useful. Yep. Um, it's mm -hmm. got like a ton of design uh, sort of titles and things like that. Everything from strategy to accounts and creative and yep. whatever else there is. Um, and yep. you can sort of toggle it by uh, area. So it's like cost of living adjusted, things like that. Yep. Um, would definitely recommend checking that out. Um, where can people find you online? LinkedIn. Uh, if you could spell my name correctly, uh, should be easy to find. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not very active on Instagram. It's mostly pictures of my kids. So I, I don't think that's the best place. Uh, you know, they can also email me if they want. Yeah. Uh, Mikkel at Pacbell, M-I-K-E-L-L at P-A-C-B-E-L-L dot net. Um, yeah. And I will give you the last word. Did we leave anything out today? No, man. I, that was, uh, that was pretty thorough. Yeah. Some good, some good questions in there. Like, <laughs> Like uh, Charlie Rose or something. Free <laughs> <laughs> Me Too movement. <laughs> I got I to tell you, that's like the ultimate compliment to me. <laughs> if anybody ever tells me, good question. I'm like, I love you forever. Yeah. <laughs> you have a good voice too. You have a good uh, good voice for podcasts. See, and that's number two. There number we go. two. <laughs> two for two. I'm going to pull a compliment today. Cool. Uh, well, that is a wrap for this episode of Pay It Forward. So thank you again, Mikkel, for joining me um anyone listening please you know listen well you're already listening i said that please rate review like subscribe whatever you do to your podcast wherever you listen to them uh you can find out more about the podcast in general at paid for podcast on social channels and the forward is fwd peace